Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of MGC. I'm so excited to have you listening today because I have on Bella Ganberry, who's here to talk about her autobiography and her personal process in writing, finding inspiration, and finding the parts of herself that she finds most valuable to share. And not only that, but there's an assortment of other things we get to all stemming from her journey as an artist. We get really deep on this episode, and I love every single second of it. So please vibe through this episode with us, and we shall journey together to the end. Two, one, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is great. This, what's that pin? I'm, I just got so sidetracked. My oh, uh, so this is actually um, it's like a Rolling Stones like guitar. Okay. Um, the Rolling Stones are like my favorite like artist ever. Um, my mom like kind of brought me up listening really? to them. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So uh, I've got like a bunch of their like vinyls and stuff, and we were supposed to see them this past spring, but I mean. Obviously, that didn't really? really work out. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. There's there's a s- song. I don't I don't know the name of it by the Rolling Stones. I'm gonna say the lyrics, and okay. it's gonna sound ridiculous. He's like, Mark, shut the fuck up. But it, the li- lyrics are literally rape, murder. What song is that? Do you know which one that is? Um, I'm I'm really not sure. Um, it oh, it's just a shot away. It's just a shot or right? Oh my god, I gotta look it up. But the point is, they. The Rolling Stones are like, we got this these song lyrics, but we need a woman to sing rape murder. Oh my and God. then they went to the they went to this art this singer and she was like, What the hell is this? Yeah. What the hell is this? <laughs> but they recorded it in a night. Um let me find out what it was. Hold on. So wait, you're supposed to go in spring? Yeah, uh my graduation gift from my mom was to go see them, but um Oh man. Yeah, yeah, obviously it didn't end up happening. It's supposed to be like rescheduled, but I mean, with everything being up in the air right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's give me shelter the song. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah no one realizes that it says rape murder in there. She literally s- screeches. No. Rape murder. God. Weird, right? Yeah, that's weird. You, you, ne- you never would have known. But it it goes with the song. So the point of the song is that like everything is gonna go to chaos. Like yeah. it just takes one shot, one, like one little like the straw that breaks the camel's back, and everything yeah. goes to chaos. Chaos. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That's so cool. Yeah. You, you're. We used to be like, yo, what's going on with like all this music? Like, what's the band that you and I were like always? Uh, uh, wasn't it the front bottom? The front bottom. Yeah. The front bottom. I got yeah. my uh, vinyl up there. You were like, Marky. Got to listen to this this album right now, and I was like, "All right, I'll do it." And yeah, I listened I to the that. whole ride home. Yeah, that was great. That was that fun. was when they, I think that God, that was like 2018 when they released the last album or something like that. But uh, ooh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> we're good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a long time. Yeah. Um, so before we started the show, oh, we were talking about um. So for everyone that's that's watching or listening, there's a lot of things I want to ask uh, Bella, but. <laughs> I'm always, I'm afraid that I'm going to ask incorrectly. So I got to like, I got to go slow. I got to go, I got to like walk. I can't run. So I got to, I want to figure some stuff out. So Bella is in the process of writing an autobiography about obviously herself and, um, and her life and what she's gone through. And I have an extreme interest in that because, um, for those of you who don't know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fucking author, but I'd like to write. I like to write here and there. And, um, I'm incredibly interested in other people that write because I like to find out where people are in their journey and compare it to where I am. And I like to, you know, when I get a chance to collaborate, just listen to what people have to say. So how, how did you start doing that? Oh God. Um, yeah. So it's a super like, I guess like, uh, I don't know, a very random kind of process. So I've always been like really into like 
journaling and keeping like a diary um, and things like that. And um, just like day to day stuff, because I got I used to get really scared that I was going to forget things and that like these really amazing things would happen to me. And like one day, like I just wasn't going to remember, like, you know, like I I don't know. I remember a conversation with my mom where like she took out her like elementary school, like class photo and stuff like that. And I remember she was like struggling to like remember everybody's name. And I like never wanted struggle to like remember like the people in my life because like I mean who knows what's gonna happen like so far down the road I like hope everybody stays in my life but regardless I just want to like make sure that I don't forget everything but then I ended up really realizing that I have a really good memory and I don't think (laughs) that I I forget things at all I think that's kind of like my number one flop that I remember everything um the good and the bad and everything in between but so yeah I kept a diary for like as long as I can remember and then um I felt like there's a lot of things that, um, I don't know, were just kind of like worth telling. I kind of wish it was always like, I wish I had someone to tell me the things that I was going through or like help me through the things that I was going through. And I never really had that person. Um, you know, all of my friends are amazing listeners and everyone has always been like really influential and really like great in my life. But sometimes I just, I felt like I was like a little bit misunderstood. So I just kind of decided that I wanted to like keep all of my like experiences and thoughts and everything and like put them in one place that like, even if I could just help like one person or like if someone was going through and they're like going through something and they're like, oh my God, no one, no one understands. I feel like such like, you know, an outsider. Like I feel like so like displaced in the world. Like if one person was just like, this helped me, you know, cope with what I was going through and dealing with, you know, whatever. Um, I guess that would make me like the most successful person I could be, you know? So. Nice. When did you start doing this? Um, my first, uh, First thing that I can like date back to is seventh grade. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, like, like you said, like it's a diary too. Yeah. So, so, so basically, um, I've had like a multitude of like names that I was like toying around with for a while. Um, but I ended up deciding, um, I guess like the middle of my senior year, or beginning of my senior year, I like came to the conclusion I want it to be, um, like I want the name to be Here Comes the Sun because it's kind of about like finding like the sun isn't that the song you no you sang i'm walking on sunshine walking on sunshine yeah (laughs) Yeah, that was so long ago um but yeah like um it's kind of about like finding like the light not necessarily after the darkness because growth i don't really think is like linear but just being able to find like the sun sometimes like while you're still in the darkness and like Mm -hmm. the up and down because in every day there is light and dark and day and night and all those things and whatever so um I think it's like mostly about like being able to find like the beauty in the dark and the light in the dark and how like growth, like I said, is just really not linear and it's like an up and down process. So do you know uh, the term like nonlinear storytelling? Um, not have you ever, have you ever seen uh, Pulp Fiction? Honestly, no. That's fine. So nonlinear storytelling is imagine starting a movie for. So, OK, the typical uh, screenplay has like 40, 40 scenes. Let's say you start the movie at scene thirty-eight, and then it brings you to scene sixteen, okay, and then scene so five, like all over the place. And then, but then you, the viewer, the reader, has to put the story together. And like, oh my gosh, I get it now. So, are you? Do you want to write? Because I know you said life, the growing process yeah. isn't linear. But would you write linear or non-linear? Yeah. Um. So I actually, I guess I didn't really explain that. So the premise of the book, um, they're. At the time that I last um, touched it, but who's to say by the time if it ever, you know, makes it out there, it won't change. Um, so as of right now, there's like nine chapters in the book and like eight, uh, the first eight are like um, each, I feel like really like 
uh, not like groundbreaking moments of my life, but like really like important moments of my life. So it's like those eight, um, like really like pivotal, life changing, like taught me a, a lot. Um, and those like those eight moments are the first eight chapters. And then it's not necessarily like from the time that I was a kid until, um, you know, I mean, I'm still a kid, but until, you know, now it's more so like it starts out um, like kind of when I feel like I was at my lowest mental state up until this point and then kind of just like tells this story of like again like the ups and the downs and everything in between Um, and then the ninth chapter is kind of about like my friends and my family and everyone who I feel like has really like influenced me and like changed my life and really helped me with a lot of things that I feel like I might have not learned otherwise and like that's the part I I think I've struggled with because I always have kind of felt like I'm an overshare and I don't want to like say too much or not say enough or you mean I know what you mean yeah so um which is also like one of my number one downfalls because I always constantly feel like I'm like putting so much out and like overwhelming everyone so I don't want to like say the wrong thing you think you're overwhelming yourself too oh yeah no I overwhelm myself because I think I'm overwhelming everyone else um there's like this is like a little side tangent but I don't know if you know the singer like lord yeah so um when she sings like liability or whatever um one of her like huge songs um she was talking about like the meaning of that song and how like she always kind of feels like she was like too much for someone and like after I like kind of like internalized that like I kind of like really like related to that and really like that's like stayed with me like all these years um since I first heard that song and I first heard like her meaning of it um because I feel like a lot of people struggle with like feeling like they're not enough and feeling like they have to be more for people to love them. But I, I kind of always felt like I was, like, too much for people to, like, kind of care about and, like, understand and, like, sympathize and Why empathize. do you think you thought that? What, I don't what know. made you think that? I don't know. Like, I I don't know. I think because, <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes, like, I'm so, like, chaotic and, like, energized and, like, always, like, my mind just, like, races and I feel like a lot of people that I, I know, a lot of people that I knew, like, I just... I struggle like connecting to other people because we just don't really like think the same. Like I think a lot of people like have a a more like mellow like a I don't know. I can't really explain it. And so it's not a bad thing. And let I'm, me let me see if I can try to pick it apart. So when I when I speak to people, sometimes it's like we're just not at the at the same yeah. level right now. Whether it be good or bad, it's just like I'm talking. You're listening, but you're not receiving what I'm saying. Is that kind of thing? You got so much going on. Yeah. Even even if your assumption about the person might be wrong, maybe they are receiving you. You just feel yeah. like you can't get your point across. You can't really yeah. explain yourself. Yeah. Makes you feel a little lonely. Yeah. And it always has made me feel like I need to like explain myself even more. Like I'll I'll catch myself like and it's something that I've definitely been working on. Like I'll catch myself like after I had a conversation with someone and like to them, the conversation's done and it's over and that's it. And I'll talk to them like two more hours later or the next day or the next week. And I'll be like, hey, like, remember when I said that? Like, I hope you understand what I meant. Or like, I'll be like, thank you again for listening. Like, I don't I don't really know. But that's like that's another thing like um, that I felt like really inspired me to like right because that is a really interesting feeling and it's a really like specific feeling like when you feel like you're like overwhelming someone with your love um or like overwhelming someone with your presence um and you know that's like any type of relationship like family friendship relationship anything in between um so it's like a it's a very interesting feeling and I feel like it's something that like 
you don't really hear enough of. And ever since like I, I've heard that, that's like something that I really connected to and that like resonated with me. And I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if more people feel that and they just don't realize or maybe they just don't feel it at all. But What L- Lord said? Yeah. Can you repeat it? Like she says when she was writing like liability that it was like a, a feeling of like feeling too much for someone. Um, like no one will ever love you like be able to love all of the things that you basically are again i'm paraphrasing a lot so right now i i to- oh, I, I totally get it yeah i i've got another question about the kind of same area when you when you're writing and when you like have a breakthrough like oh my gosh it, it works exactly what i wrote would make sense i found a way to articulate it the best way i could on paper i'm so excited do you feel like you have to tell somebody do you feel like you're so excited you gotta let somebody know yeah yeah, no, definitely. I feel that all the time. And I have a lot of people that I, I let know. And, you know, they are always so supportive and always so. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not. I. You feel like they're tolerating, right? Well, some of, some of them, yes. But my inner circle, my best friends, like they like love me and they support me and they will listen to anything I have to say, which is why I'm like so thankful. And again, like it took me a long time to kind of like find those people like some of the people who I used to be friends with, like I remember a very uh, specific conversation that I had fall of junior year of high school. And I remember like this girl looking me dead in the eyes and she was like, you just need to calm down. Like you're so much right now. You're like up here. Oh, and I so need annoying. you. Yeah. She's God, like, I need bitch. you to be back down here. <laughs> and I remember looking her like dead in the eyes and I was like, that's my, I remember Are you saying, kidding? I was like, that's my number one insecurity. I was like, I can't believe you just said that to me. I literally started crying right there on the spot. I was 17 years old and I literally started crying. like so dramatic, but I've had like a little bit of like, not a little bit, but I've had like multiple instances where like those feelings that I was feeling on the inside, like she just told me. I just me can't believe she valid. said that. I was like, you're here. I need you down I need here. You to be down. What it was you? one of the first times I had ever hung out with this girl. So oh I my was like, God. I remember looking at her and you know, she's a nice girl. She, I'm sure she means well. And I'm sure I was just overwhelming her, but that's my number one fear. And now I hear you say, I would that. never say that to somebody. Are and you kidding me? Well, okay. So it's so funny that you say that because I was actually just talking to um, my best friend, Nick, like a couple days ago. Um, and I'm sorry I'm going off on like a tangent right now. This is, know. yo, this is okay. free flowing conversation. <laughs> you do your thing. Um, but yeah, so um, basically like I was talking to my friend Nick, um, God, maybe last week, a couple of days ago, I'm really not sure. And I was saying like, sometimes I just feel like not, like I, I the things that I put out that I like expect is just normal. I don't think that that is the norm. You know what I mean? Like sometimes maybe I am a, uh, a little bit like overdramatic and excessive and I do feel things very deeply. Not that those are bad things, Mm -hmm. but that like maybe I expect that from everybody else and sometimes I have to check myself and say- You are your normal. Yeah, right. So I forget that everybody has their normal too. You know what I mean? And not everybody's normal is exactly what I think is is, um, my normal, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense, but- it's just like, um, I don't know, the idea. I understand like, everything you're saying. Okay. I understand everything you're saying. But this is why, like, even everything I'm saying now, like, I'm, I'm thinking in my head as I'm saying, I'm like, I hope that, like, five sentences ago, what I just said made sense. But maybe it doesn't. But maybe it does. But it makes sense in my head. Like, Listen, it, that's, that's the beauty of just, like, yeah, talking right. is that it doesn't fucking matter, man. Because, yeah. uh, <clears> listen. Am I going to be able to remember perfectly what you said two minutes ago? Absolutely not. No, I but can't I, even remember. But I know how you made me feel. Yeah. And I can remember that. So that's that's really the point. It's like convey an emotion. And I, and when you do say the things, though, I am completely 
you know, absorbing it. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I've been there before. I feel the same way. And if I haven't actually been there or felt the same way, I've seen people, met people, and spoke with people who are in the same shoes of, that you're in yeah. in different circumstances, but the same. Um, so, man, I totally get it. Yeah. I totally get it. It's it's uh, it's it's weird, you know. And, I mean, like, and you're, I think everybody is, but I'm like, you're an artist, so it's like you you feel, and I, I spoke to my friend about this. Um, I was listening to a song. I was like, uh, Dan, I want you to listen to this song. When I first listened to this song, I thought about my mother dying. I was like, why? Why would you think that? That's ridiculous, yeah. right? And he was, and but he said to me, he's like, Mark, I wish I was able to understand my emotions like you can. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dan's a fucking genius. Really? Like, oh my gosh, he's a he. He's gonna be like some physicist. Like, he's a the smartest kid I know. He's he's a genius. Um. So to hear him say he envied something about me was was amazing. And yeah. you got to understand that that sometimes you are going to be more in tune with certain aspects of yourself than other yeah. people. And that's nothing nothing to be ashamed of. That's something to cherish and, and, and cultivate. You know, other people are athletes. Some people are, you know, really smart. Like people have both. If you have both, hell yeah. Some people are artists. Some people could sing. Some people could dance. Not everyone could do all that. But cultivate what you have. Yeah. So... I get what you're saying. I understand, you know, where you're aggravated and why it's like, oh, I, sometimes I can't handle it. But it's a gift, man. It's cool. It's cool to be, yeah. you know, who you are. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> so, so I want to, I want to get back to the book real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, I understand I, what I took from what you said was that if I had to sum it all up is we're talking about your book and you're explaining to me how you feel and, and why you feel and why you wanted to write. And when you started, started in the seventh grade and um, you felt like you were going to forget all these things you didn't want to. And then it ended up being like, Oh, like I'm not really going to forget these things. I'm pretty, pretty good at this stuff, but I still want to write this stuff down because I want to be able to let others relate to me. And I want to yeah. be able to help them through what they're going through is this what you just told me something you want somebody else to take from what you write, what you just told me now, that's something that's pretty important, right? Yeah. And you just told everybody that's going to listen to this. Yeah. And I hope that makes you feel really good. No, because that's that's the point. And when you write, and like we just spoke, so I'm, I write fiction and you're writing nonfiction. And you want to convey an emotion, right? You want to get that to somebody. What's, what do you think? You, this is going to be hard. This is a loaded question. What's one thing, one one emotion? I'm not saying a word or a sentence or a phrase. What's one emotion you want somebody to be able to take away from what you write? Even if it's like, even if they break it up into like four parts, like like my story. If I have part one where you're like me growing up, part two, me um, in almost out of adolescence, me as who I am now, what are, you, what are they going to take away? Who's, who, who is Bella? Oh, boy. Who is Bella? <laughs> oh, um, boy. I don't know. Um I mean, I think that there's a few things. I don't know if I could narrow it down to just one, but I hope. My favorite feeling is like the feeling of like nostalgia. Yeah, and like it's, a good word it's not a sad feeling. And I think a lot of people like associate nostalgia with like something that like they're like longing or they're missing that they can never get back. And I don't think that that's true. Like, I think I feel very nostalgic of things that I haven't felt yet and places I haven't been yet. I love that line. I use that line all the time. I'm nostalgic for things yet to come. Yeah, right. I'm in love with the memories yet to come. I love that. Like, so I think it's, it's like the idea of nostalgia for like feelings and things and places that you don't know. But I think it's also like the like 
hope that you're gonna get there that's what makes you a good artist that which that's what makes you a good artist thank you that's what makes you a good storyteller it's that you have the ability to to attach yourself self to things that haven't even happened yet yeah and but i think that that's what's so exciting about life like i think i've always said like i really don't want to work the nine to five i don't want to wake up every morning and go to the office and dress up in a suit and you know Mm -hmm. pantsuit or a dress or and, and nothing against, like, those specific yeah, kinds, kinds of clothes, but that's just not me. Like, I've always felt, like, very, like, creative in the way that I dress, and I feel like how I dress and the things I wear is, like, very expressive. It's an extension who of who you are. Yeah, and it's, like, I feel like like I've kind of, like, bled through from from the inside to the outside, finally, of, like, who I am on the inside, I think, shows on the outside. And it yeah. took me, like, a long time to kind of get to that point. But about the book, so I think it's it's nostalgia, but it's also... You can probably, I think you can pull that out more. So okay, more yeah, yeah, I don't want to break anything. It's fine, I'll just push this out. Oh, perfect, yeah, okay. you're good. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, CJ was sitting here, he's a huge football player, he's, <laughs> and he was fine, you're good. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, so I think it's it's the idea of nostalgia and, and um, you know, hope and excitement and that thrill of, like, there's so much that the world has to offer. And there's also like so much that I have to offer the world. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's something that I really, that's, that's big. Yeah. Like that's, that's something big. that like I, it's not only what the world has to give to me, but also what I have to give back to the world. And like, I think that's why like I love babysitting and I love nannying so much because it makes me feel like I'm giving back to my own little world. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, um, but that's also what I do. That's my profession. I'm a nanny, but um, yeah. So it's it's that, but it's also like the the magic and the spark and like that epiphany, I guess, that like you feel on the inside, like when like something clicks, whether it's like love or a friendship. I mean, both really, like love in a friendship, or like you finally feel like you kind of like like belong in the world, or that like the world belongs to you almost again. I like, totally, like you're saying a lot of big things. Yeah. I want you to understand something. Don't for a second feel like you have to like really try to explain. I know exactly what you're yeah. saying. You're making sense. Everything you're saying is something, you know, people have felt for centuries and you're putting into words. Thank you. So, so yeah, man, I, I get it. Like there's this, oh my, every, I feel like every single podcast so far, I, there's this book. Um, uh, it's called, uh, I actually, I already recommended this to somebody on the podcast. It's called really? Man's Search for Meaning. Um, really? Now it's about, a Holocaust survivor wrote this. He was in Auschwitz for years. Um, and it's about finding worth. What's your purpose? And like, who are you? And it's really cool. If you, yeah. ever, if you ever have a time, it's 250 pages. Even yeah, if you just read the second. Yeah, even if you just read the second part, it's worth it. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Totally. Like, this is, I'm all about that, man. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. And when you said before, I, I'm sorry, but when you said before, um, what you, like, what, what you wear is an extension of yourself. I feel like people don't understand this. And whether it's what you wear or how you act or, you know, what you say, what you think, what you post, anything you do, right, it says something about who you are. Absolutely. Right? So whether you're, you know, going out to the club, you're looking great. Or if you're, you know, at practice and you're, like, hitting the gym really hard. Or if you're you're online and you're posting about how much you hate your life. That's, it's who you are. And, you know, by extension... It's who other people are. So right. if, if you and I are like best friends, we hang out every day for the last like three years, okay? If you start like getting into a really bad scene, people are going to expect I'm the same kind of person. Yes. You know, my, so for instance, my girlfriend, if she's like, if she dresses up like, um, a, like a dinosaur 
and she starts going to furry conventions, which I have no problem with, by yeah. the way. People are going to think I'm into it too. I don't have a problem with it. That's not me. So what you do, good or bad, like you said, you're a nanny, it leaks over into other people. Other people are going to view them the same way. And then those people by osmosis are going to be the same. Yeah. So whether you spread good or, you know, bad, you, you're all putting out into the world. So every person you've touched, Bella, is, is a part of you and you're a part of them. Absolutely. So when you pass, when My you die, God. no, everyone <laughs> that you've ever touched will bring a part of you with them. Yeah. So it, you, you're thinking that. You already know that. Yeah. And you're living it. Is that not great? Is that it not is perfect? Great. That's yeah. perfect, right? Yeah, Hell totally. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then your book it only spreads it, man. Yeah. It only spreads it. Yeah. I think like did I just cut you off? No, not at all. Okay, I'm okay. pretty sure I cut you off like no, three minutes no, ago. No, 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 you didn't. I like I, I think that that's like I don't know, I get scared a lot of um like just being like another little little person on our little planet in the little solar system, you know what I mean? Like I scary. It is really scary. And like we have everything that we need in front of us to like do whatever you want. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like be whoever you want. Like you have all of these opportunities and it's just a matter of like believing that you can and just doing it. So I think like that's another thing. Like I get so scared of just like being a person who like goes to school, goes to more school, maybe goes to more school after that gets a job, starts a family, and dies. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> You're that, preaching to the choir. That terrifies me. Like, I I don't really know. And I just had something in my head. Um, Listen, you're, you're preaching to the choir. No, right. Like, I, I get it. Yeah. I'm, like, when I graduated high school in 2016, I went to Ocean County College for three years, got my associates. Then I went to Savannah College of Art and Design for two and a half months. I hated it. I'm back here. I'm 23 years old, and um, I'm going through like online school. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, the fear, right? And that's actually what we were talking about before. Remember, I was sitting on the coffee table explaining to you the relationship. Yeah. Is that you know the fear is that you're gonna you're gonna grow up and you're gonna become nothing that your your younger self wouldn't be proud of who you are. Right. And that, that is like one of the main premises. Scary. I feel like that's of my scary. book. Yeah. And then and then the argument. So when I'm okay, so for the people that don't know, I'm. Um, in the middle of writing a story, and there's a part in the story where uh, a man wants to be successful, but he's he doesn't realize he's capable and should be happy with where he is because he has people that love him. And you're going to grow up. And whether or not you get lucky and you, and you get exactly what you want or you, you don't, people are always going to say, why can't you just be happy? Yeah. And that's hard. It's hard to do. It's It sounds awful, and it's like, yeah, I want to I want to live the rest of my life and be happy with my girlfriend and just know that I'm loved. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard because unfortunately, you're the only person that you ever have to deal with. And I've gotten really deep in a few times you kept you kept, you're like, "Oh my gosh, Mark." But and I'm going to say something, but no matter what you do, no matter how how, ugh, how hard you try, and this is going to sound really morbid, and allow me to open it up after I say it, but no matter what you do, you are going to die alone. No one's dying with you. So you have to die. This is my opinion. Okay. Feel free to come back at me. Yeah. No one, no one's going to die with you. People can be by your side. You're going to be loved. You'll love people. But you have to do that alone. So you have to be happy with who you are. You know? Yeah. I, I have okay, the, yeah. Yeah, I have this theory. Um, imagine, if you will, 
that w- when you die, if you go to heaven or you go to hell, it, it depends on what you believe in. If you believe you deserve heaven, you're going to go to heaven. If you believe you deserve hell, you're going to go to hell. Because I imagine in this hyp- hypothetical theory, right, is that you create your own heaven and hell. So if I die, if I'm an amazing person, I, I've opened, you know, a whole bunch of schools or whatever. If I'm an amazing person, but if I'm on my deathbed and I believe I don't deserve, you know, eternal happiness, I'm going to create my own hell. I'm going to b- deliver myself to hell because that's what I think, I, that's what I believe I deserve. Yeah. If I believe I deserve eternal happiness, I believe I deserve to go to some grand place after death, that's where I'll go. And vice versa, even for evil people, if they believe they deserve happiness, they're going to get it. And with that hypothetical theory, it's like when I'm dying, because no one can hold my hand through this door, I have to do it alone. I have to make sure I believe I'm worthy of my happiness. And I also have to believe I'm worthy of my sufferings. So it's scary. It's scary having to live your entire life trying to make yourself happy because you know there's something you want and no one's going to give it to you and you got to give it to yourself. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's scary. Absolutely. And we're not the first, we're not the last. Yeah, no, totally. Um, What were you going to say though? Well, you just said something about like dying alone and like I don't think, I don't ever feel alone because like I love who I'm with when I'm alone. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So like I don't, and I think that's probably like some like quote or inspirational, you know, poster hanging in a math classroom somewhere. But in a math classroom? No, yeah. <laughs> like you're you're never alone if you like who you're alone with. You'll never be lonely if you love who you're alone with, I guess. Technically. I know I know what you're saying, yep. Yeah. So it's like I don't know and that's again something that I've like I feel like worked really hard not when I say those things also, it's not that like I've like said like I don't want to feel lonely so I work towards that but that like subconscious growth you know what I mean um I think that's where I've kind of like gotten to where I am um but and I'm still working and growing and whatever but um yeah so I think like I don't I don't ever really feel alone and I don't ever really feel lonely and I know I I hate saying it but you know one day when this lifetime for me is over um I don't think I'll die alone. I don't think I'll let pass me alone. let me rephrase what I, I said. I know what then. you mean, and after you elaborated, I understood. Okay, okay. But when you first said it, I was like, "Well, that's why I said I'm going to yeah. say some. You got to let me open it up." Yeah. Um, also, I feel like there needs to be a distinction between loneliness and alone. I feel like alone just means there's no one with you at the moment. Loneliness means you feel like you're empty. Well, there's physically. That's what I. That's what I yeah, imagine. Anyway. There's physical, and then there's emotional, but that's with yeah. both of those separate words. In in my circumstance i didn't mean emotional like yeah. emotionally you know there's people but the next step is you only you can take yeah that's what i was trying to say yeah and i i totally get it but at first i just, you're like whoa okay yeah, hold on buddy like, that's not Easy what i there. believe in <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean yeah so i guess like there's so many like prominent themes of again relating back to like my my book and uh-huh. my work in progress um but uh, yeah, so I feel like within like those like eight chapters, there's kind of like a, a life lesson and like a something to kind of like be yeah. taken from from all of it, um, which also that like reminded me of like um, I read something a little while back that was like, um, you know, there's no such thing as being selfish in your own life. And like, this is your life. This is your like, like your 
I'm the last bow in my own life. You know what I mean? That's what I was just saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what totally made me like think of like exactly what you said. Like there's no, no one else is getting the last bow in my musical. No one else is getting the last bow in my show. (laughs) Like it's my show. It's my life. I am the main character. I am the final bow. I am, you know, whatever you want to call it. So why would you not be selfish? And why would you you, not? Do you mind if I look for the philosopher I wanted to tell you about? No. Oh my God. Go ahead. Um, She's in, she's incredible. A lot of people disagree with her. I feel like the only reason why people disagree with her is because they're afraid she's right. Yeah. No, totally. Um, There's like the fear of like people telling you the truth that you're not ready for. Uh, but her idea is is basically what, oh my airplane mode's on because we're on a <laughs> podcast. Um, her idea is basically what we were just saying. Her name's her first name's A Y N. I don't know if it's Ian or Ain or Ein. Yeah. Her last name's Rand. Um. She's a writer. That's what it says she is. But okay, philosopher. She's she's great. I mean, like I, I when I was taking you know, my philosophy classes when I was taking film classes, um, we would learn about her. And she's written. Um, I don't know if several, but she's written a few books. And um, it's definitely a philosophy I can get behind because, like I said to you, I think like yesterday, right? That the idea is that you don't hurt other people, but don't, but saving them isn't your job. If that's something you want to do, go for it. It's not your job. Yeah, hitting me where it hurts. <laughs> yeah, why is that? Uh, well, that's like I don't know. That's like a whole nother. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I'm definitely like a. I feel like um. Not a people pleaser, but I guess just like the like fixer upper. Like when I feel like, and I, I it's not like I'm sitting there and I'm like this person looks like they need help, so I'm gonna befriend mm-hmm. them. But I. Somehow I feel like always, which is probably the thing I'm most thankful for in my entire life, I always come across people who, I mean, not only teach me so many things that like I needed to know, that's what I was saying before, that I needed to know that I might otherwise not have, but I also feel like it's people who maybe needed, like, I and I don't know if this is selfish to say, but maybe needed to come in, in contact with me too, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a mutual you think like the, the the planet wanted you guys to find each yeah, other? Yeah, like the me. Okay, so me and my friends always say like I have like my group chat with like my okay. best friends, and it's called like the unit, and we literally say the like unit. the universe like speaks to us, and the universe like wanted us all because they were all like we were all different people from like all over, and we just kind of like got together, and uh, it was for my birthday a couple months ago. We went to New York City, but we always say that the universe like speaks to us, and the universe collectively wanted all of us to cross paths because we all have something not only to contribute to like each other's lives individually, but also contribute to like the bigger picture of all of us, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know why I started going on. Oh yeah. So, so I feel like a lot of people, like I have these conversations with my friends and they'll be like, I just love talking to you. Like I love how your mind works. I love listening to you, like talk about life and talking about this and talking about that. And like it, it makes me feel like so like successful as a person and as a writer, but most importantly as a friend. But it also like by them saying that, that is helping me mm-hmm. too, because that's everything that I've ever wanted. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, if one person could walk away and say like, she helped change my life. She helped me learn something that I wouldn't have learned. She helped, you know, me do whatever. Um, I feel like, again, that makes me as successful as I could ever ask for. So uh, I'm not saying that this has happened to you, but, do you think too much praise is a bad thing in any area? 
Um, yeah, I mean, definitely, but I think it's also how you go. I think it helps a lot, but I think, yeah. I think too, too much makes you, f- makes you feel like you're so good that you, you don't work yeah. as hard anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think it's all about not only how the person gives it, but how the next person receives it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I take all of those conversations that I have with my friends and like, I tell them all the time, like I have little notes that I've written down and like I carry a notebook in my car. I like obviously my notes on my phone, mm-hmm. like my friends will say something or like people I'm with will say something. And like they, again, they think it's like such an insignificant part or like it's just a little conversation and now like they're moving on or whatever. And like it stays in my brain and I write it down. And those are like the things that later end up in my book. Like it's not always just like me sitting, like writing about a diary entry about like my day or what's going on in my life. Like sometimes it's these little things that people said to me that like, I always tell my friends, like, I can't wait for them to read the book because I can't wait for them to be like, I had no idea that those, like, things meant so much to you. So it's, I think it's also, like, how, like, yes, I do feel very praised by my friends, um, which is, you know, all I could ask for. But I think it's also, like, if I were to, like, sit and take that praise and be like, well, I'm done. My job here is, you know, done and finished. And, you know, I think that that would be, like, a definitely negative outcome. But I feel like if you're able to, like, take it and use it to continue to grow and to continue to like do better for yourself and others I feel like that's a healthy way to accept it yeah no I get it um because I was I was watching this thing recently and was talking about how if you see see what happens if I'm not like yeah if you um if you talk about something like something you want to do let's say you want to open a business and you talk about I got this really cool idea I got this really cool plan and you tell everyone about it you talking about it, you receiving praise for it is going to make you feel like chemically because you're so excited that you just did a lot of work. Yeah. And then you're so like tired with it. Like, yeah, I feel good. You never do anything. So I feel like sometimes, and that's back when we were taught, I was asking you like, when you finish a part of your book, do you like get up and have to tell somebody? Because I do the same thing, but sometimes I have to stop myself. I'm like, Mark, if you tell somebody about this, you're going to have such a, a huge burst of like euphoria that when you come back to writing, you're, like, not going to be into it. Yeah. So you got to, like, Save no, it. stay in your seat and keep writing. Yeah. Sometimes I tell, sometimes I'm like, oh, my gosh, guess what just happened? Yeah. Can't do it all the time because sometimes it really screws with me. So no, sure. I feel like too much praise. I feel like too much talking about something. Yeah. It definitely fucks with you, but it's also beneficial. It does help. Yeah. It, it, it's nice hearing someone tell you, good job. Yeah. But then it's also sometimes the worst two words you'll ever hear because yeah. it can fuck you up. It's a balance, right? So. Yeah. But I think, I think also it's like the first thing that I was thinking in my head when you just said that was like, when you said like, when people tell you good job and like the first thing that like came to my mind was like so far, you know what I mean? Like you are doing a good job, but that's so far, you know what I mean? Like, and I feel like when I hear like good job or, you know, when I was in shows and stuff like that and like on opening night, like when my whole family would come, they'd be like, oh my God, you were amazing. But I was still going to do that again the next two nights and when I thought I was pursuing theater like the rest of my life. So it's like, good job. That was amazing. But it is so far and there's so much yet to come. Yeah. So, yeah, I I, I still got so much stuff I got to ask you about. But um, but this is going so well, by the way. Yeah, Um, no, totally. I love this. I'm having a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, um, one one of the things I wanted to ask you is um, when it comes to writing. And actually, uh, Matthew McConaughey recently, I think, released his own autobiography. And his whole thing was throughout his life, he's been writing diary entries. 
Now he's like, I don't know, in his early 50s. I don't know how old he is. And he's like, oh, I've got all this stuff. Let's make something out of it. And he made it into a book and he sold it. Now, of course, he's obviously famous. So people are going to be like, yeah, I want to read about Matthew McConaughey. But it's the same idea. And his whole thing was like, uh, I would always write, I would take 15 minutes out of my day to write what happened. And I noticed that I would, I wouldn't write when good things happened. I only wrote when bad things happened because I felt bad about it. But no, I've got to write about the good things too. Otherwise, I lose so much of my life. And yeah. he had a lot of other things to say about it. But what what do you dis- do? You still write diary? What do you decide to put into this? What's your What's your outline? What's your plan? I don't really have a plan. Right. If we're being honest, okay. um, and I think that's not something I'm insecure about and not something like that's actually one of my most like prideful aspects of my life like I live my life completely on a whim and completely like I don't really know what's happening from here but that's leaves so much room for excitement you know what I mean and it leaves so much room for like opportunities and also growth but also just like I don't know the thrill of like these new things that you're not expecting um so I don't really have a plan. So when, when it comes to writing? Yeah, no, it just, as it happens, and it's also something that I don't ever force myself to do. Um, and I think that's why, like, originally I wanted this book to be published before I graduated high school. And again, it kind of, when everything shut down and we were, you know, back home and everything shut down on the opening night of my senior show. So, like, that was heartbreaking. But it kind of definitely showed me that, like, everything can happen so quickly that it's almost like, a kind of take the time to soak it in but like I'm not like there's no taking time bomb for me that's going to be like you have to do it by this time Mm -hmm. or else because like I watched the whole world get turned upside down my whole world get turned upside down in one night so it's kind of like I don't know anything is is really I don't know how to like relate those things or if it makes any sense but um I was going somewhere with that that's okay um what was I saying so you want to think about it? <laughs> It'll come to me. <laughs> It'll Wait, come to you. Um, Wait, I was saying how. Oh yeah, so I don't. I don't really have any like structure to my life, and I love it that way because it it just makes everything a little bit more interesting and a little bit more fun. Um, so yeah. Um, oh yeah. No, it just came to me. So uh, I wanted to publish the book before I graduated high school. Obviously, I didn't even really graduate high school. You know what I mean? Because of COVID mean. and everything else and everything going on, and I don't know. So. Uh, I, I've kind of taken time to like realize that like I'm not going to sit here and like force myself to write and force myself like I don't have any time that it has to be published by it doesn't have to be published by a certain date when it's ready it will be and when I'm ready I will be um, but it's also something like I said like I'm not going to sit here and be like I have to write I have to finish it because that's when I'll stop loving it and it'll feel more like a chore and more like a job than and less like my passion and something that I love. And that's my number one fear is to fall into a job or a chore or something that feels like I'm doing it because I have to. Um, and this is like one one of the few things in my life and probably one of the most important things in my, in my life that like doesn't feel like that and doesn't feel like I ever have to do it. It's completely on my own terms and nobody has anything else to say about it. So um, I don't really know, you know, hope maybe by the time it ends up getting published right now I'm at nine chapters maybe I'll be at 20 maybe I'll be at 25 like I have I have no idea and whatever kind of do you write on paper do you uh, type it um both it depends on where I am or how I'm feeling um I have like my like nights night table whatever like diary or whatever 
um, that's kind of primarily what I write in, like, before I go to bed. If I'm, like, today was so crazy or even, like, you know, for instance, right now, the past week has been really crazy um, and I haven't really gotten a chance to write about it because I haven't really felt ready. So, so maybe in a few days I'll be, like, this is everything that's been going on, like, just to get it out, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But sometimes if I'm on my computer and I'm online shopping and then I'm like, you know what, maybe I should take a break. Something just came to me or, you know, I haven't in a few days. And even if I just write one page, like even if I just write one paragraph, mm. it'll it'll feel nice. Like So when you say like something came to me. So this is about your life. But when you wh- what comes to you, like because when I write, I'm like, oh, that's a great way to link these two people together in yeah. this fictional world because yours is nonfiction. What, what comes to you when that happens? Like, explain that to me. So, I was actually just saying earlier today, I'm, like, painfully sentimental. Like, painfully sentimental. Okay, so, open that up. What is that? So, uh, like I said, like, nostalgic is my favorite, like, nostalgia is my favorite feeling. It's my favorite state. It's my favorite, like, like, I have a playlist that's called, like, a rainy Tuesday and, like, the whole I've idea I've got 120 it. playlists, man. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, like, it's, that's, like, my... My rainy Tuesday, like my playlist called a rainy Tuesday is like my like nostalgic, like, I don't know, like the way that I feel on the inside, like in music form, I guess. Um, So, so sometimes I'll literally like look at something or, or sometimes like, I don't know, like someone will, will say something to me or text me or I don't know, like, it's just the moment, or sometimes it's just a feeling, and, like, again, like, I was saying, like, I've always kind of felt like the universe speaks to me, and I always kind of feel like the universe has given me signs, um, I've always felt like the, the universe gives us, like, so much beauty, and, and the world has so much to offer, and I feel like not enough people break from, like, the straight line of, like, the, I have to do this, this is the right way, this is how to live, this is how, our parents lived, this is how our great our grandparents lived, our great grandparents lived. I feel like not enough people look up from that like straight line that they've been walking for so long that they don't notice all of those things. So I feel like it's my life's purpose to like be the person who notices those things and documents those things and shares them with my friends and my family and, you know, the people in my life. And also, I mean, who knows what would ever happen with it, but if the book ever went somewhere, you know what I mean, for, for more people to maybe just appreciate and just notice and learn from from those things. So sometimes, like, it might literally be me listening to a song and I'm like, oh, my God, this just made me feel like this. Like, that is something worth writing about, something worth telling. Like, sometimes I'll get off the phone with someone and, like, two hours later, like I said, I'll still be thinking about it and I'll be like, wait a second. That was actually, like, a really, like, monumental thing to say that was a really like important thing to say like and and it'll just come to me so before i asked you about linear nonlinear, you said you have nine chapters whether you have to rewrite them later to tighten up the hinges or you want you want to keep them the way they are no matter are they linear not necessarily um like they're not really ranked in any order. It was just kind of like the order that like flows. So, okay. So when you say nine chapters, you don't mean chapter one, chapter two. You just mean you have nine pieces that you want to put at in your story. Yeah. Okay. And the way that they're placed right now really has no, no like, meaning. Like the third chapter is, if I'm remembering correctly, it was like the time I told my mom that I wanted to be a rock star when she <laughs> asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. I was like six years old. Um, 
And that was like a really life changing moment for me because like I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. I know I'm going to be a rock star. Like I was standing on my couch in my little tiny beach house. It was just me and my mom. And I was like, I'm going to be a rock star. Like it goes from that to to the next chapter is um, one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through was when my grandfather passed away. Um, and then it goes to something in high school and then it goes back to something in middle school. And it's just kind of like, I would say each chapter itself is, is pretty linear because it's like one thought, God only knows what in the middle. And then like the conclusion thought and like Mm -hmm. kind of wrapping everything. I feel like my life has always been like these full full circle moments. So I think each chapter comes first circle from the very first line to the very last line, which was something I do in my writing without realizing it. And I think that that's like something really special because I, I realize I catch myself like being able to like take these full stories and like make it all kind of connect. Yeah. I, I could imagine like I'm opening your book hardcover, of course. (laughs) And, um, like chapter one, it says like, uh, I don't know, some, some like descriptive, like one word, it says, um, a jovial. And it's literally just a story about like the some uh, party that was for like your cousin's like quinceanera or some yeah. garbage, and you're like, yeah, like this. I remember just eating candy that day. Whatever. Yeah. I get like eat like it's an an anthology. Yeah. Um, instead of like uh this happened and this happened. No, it's an anthology. It, that actually explaining it that way helps me understand it a lot more. Yeah. Because here I, cause I was sitting here thinking like, okay, your life is fucking long. Yeah. That's a lot to write. As an anthology, okay, that makes that's awesome. Yeah. Then and you could really work, and you could really um choose one point, and just go at it. Yeah. I like that. Like it, that would be really cool. Um, this book, um, I I'm personally I I didn't like it only because I had I had to read it. Yeah. Um, that's a play, right? It it well originally this, but yes, it is a play. Um, did you ever see the play or lo- see this? No, but a bunch of my friends did. So it's called Fun Home. Forever's listening or watching, whatever. Um, and it's basically what you're doing it's a comic but it's kind of what you're doing this uh this girl grows up um trying to um figure out and it's all real um her father gets hit by like a truck or something and then like the story is like going through like her preparation for like the funeral or whatever and then but then her, she's talking about her father what her what his life was like and the question like did he did he step in front of the truck or did the truck hit him so it's like yeah. it's pretty cool, um, but it's it's really well done in the, in in the terms of like when you should bring up certain points of your life. Yeah. So when like right now I'm I'm like referencing The Shining to like get through some like get some inspiration like oh this is how you connect some stuff. So fun if you ever like need like an explanation of like how people have done it in really cool ways. Fun Home's really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I can. The anthology that's that's great that yeah. makes a lot of sense um I, you can go pretty far with that you know so um that'd be really cool that'd be really cool when do you so you said you wanted it to be published if possible before you graduated obviously that's yeah. not gonna happen anymore but that's fine where did you and this, you're probably not gonna have an answer to this which is okay but where were you gonna end it so so the way that like i was uh I don't know. I guess it's really not like a spoiling anything, but the well, way, yeah, we, we can skip over it. No, no, no. So the way that like the the cover is kind of like designed as of right now, this is again alternative because we see how quickly everything changes. But so it kind of reads as like, uh, you know, here comes the sun, and like, you know, like titles. It has like the title and then like the author. 
and like obviously you read it in like that order yeah. so i kind of wanted to read like an autobiography by like bella gambury and then like under it like and that's what makes it so spectacular and i kind of wanted like the 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 phrase like and that's what makes it so spectacular to be something that's like referenced a lot through the book um but i also wanted it to read like an autobiography by bella gambury and that's what makes it so spectacular it's a subtitle. Like, because yeah because I'm writing it. That's what makes it so great. Oh, so, yep. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so it's kind of like, I guess the idea of like, this is, this is where my life has, has been. This is where my life is now. And this is what I am envisioning for myself. This is what I hope for myself. And I'll let you know if it happens at a later date type thing. And like, that's, that's kind of it. I definitely want it to be, without giving away too much, I want it to be um, something that when, you know, someone's done reading it, they're like, holy shit, I need to read the next one right now. I need to know. Or like, you know, somehow like reaches out and is like, what's going on in your life? I need to know. Like, you know, if it comes out, let's say, I don't know, this summer, just hypothetically speaking, 10 years from now, if someone reads the book and they're like, oh my God, what is this girl doing right now? Like, did it end up, did she end up doing, you know, what she said she wanted, wanted to, like, is she still writing? Like, I don't know. I get so invested in other people's lives like that. Um, so I guess, I don't know if I, I'm not expecting it, but I don't know. I guess that's what I would like hope for. So, because like I said, your life, a long thing to write about, like, oh my gosh. Um, cause like I said, the, the anthology is great. And I was thinking, it's like, and I wanted to say this to you before. Like, it must be so hard to, like, decide, okay, this is where it's going to end. Because with, with a fictional story, you've got the story. But yeah. your life doesn't end till it ends. So it's like, what do you want to include? you got all these things. you really got to figure it out. Um, so that must be, like, really hard. But I, I also wanted to say is, like, um, th there's a quote that says, perfection is the enemy to progress. Yeah. So it's like, if you try to make it as perfect as possible, you'll never be finished. Right. So you, at some point, you got to be like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. And you got to let I, it go. I think that's why I like the idea of like, this is what I've learned so far. And like, you know, I think a, a good place to maybe end it would be while I was still 19. You know what I mean? And publish it in, in my year of being 19. And like, this is what I've learned through, you know, adolescence and you know childhood into preteen years into teenage years and like I'll let you know what adulting is like when I get there but I'm not there yet you mm -hmm. know so um and honestly I don't know if I'll ever be but um didn't we didn't you just say you feel like you're 30 yeah well I do feel like I'm a middle-aged mom but like only in I don't know I don't know if we could we could confidently say 30 is middle-aged well, on, uh, yeah, actually, I guess you're really right. I do need to stop saying that then, <laughs> now that I think about it. But I think it's just because of, like, my... 30s is the forgotten decade. Yeah, It's the no. best decade of your life. Uh, I think so. I've never been there, but so I've heard. It's like 20s, the... the, the I hope, like... Sorry, go ahead. The, the, well, I'm, I kind of cut you off, though. But <laughs> the chaos of your 20s, once that's over, you're, you're done with school, you've got, like, a job, and now you got your 30s. You're like all right, I kind of just got to do what I'm told and follow, like, some of my passions. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Maybe. I don't know. Well, no, I'll tell you I, when I get I there. I want every, yeah, I mean, definitely let me know. You'll get there before I do. But, um, you know, I kind of, I think I want, like, every decade to be, like, my best decade. You well, know yeah. what I mean? Well, so, obviously, come well, on, right? Like, yeah, but, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I think know. I was just saying that like people like this is what people say. Like yeah. it's like No, definitely. You know. I like I feel like I'm like sometimes I don't know, like I don't know. I guess it's just sometimes like the way that my mind works. Like I feel like it operates the way that like an adult an adult's mind would operate well, sometimes. I, th- I think and it's not like I'm much older than you, honestly, but I think that you're going to see as time goes on it's not that your brain operates like an adult is that your brain just operates maturely. It's just yeah. you you operate. I've been saying this my entire life. I'll have an opinion about something like when I was 12 and I'll say it to somebody and they're like, you're going to change your mind when you get older. No, yeah. you're going to, I've never changed my mind. Yeah. Not once. So it's like, and now I'm 23. It's like, how, uh, how do you, what yeah. do you expect to, to tell me? That's going to make me think yeah. otherwise. That's so this point. I yeah. think you're, you're just you and, and you see yourself and you're like, wow, I'm like, this is how I think. Um, I, I feel like an adult. I feel like I feel like I'm in my thirties, but that it's, it's you. Yeah, that's you. And there's thirty year olds that don't act like you. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. I also think it's like the dark circles under my eyes. I the dark that's circles why under I your eyes. I feel like a middle aged mom, but nice. Like, please don't look at them. <laughs> like, nice. everyone's gonna be like zooming in, seeing like. Yeah. Whatever. Well, actually, um, this is so has nothing to do with anything we're talking about. I have a Canon camera, um, and because of European tax law. They don't allow you to record over 30 minutes. So to get around that, I actually have to stream it through um, my system. And that allows me to record nonstop. But the the downside is that the quality isn't as good. Oh, so no one's going to see my no dark circles. No one's going to see your dark circles. Oh, thank God. But, um, <laughs> as soon as I get, I have to get a Sony camera. As soon as I get Sony, um, people are going to look at your dark circles. Oh, no. <laughs> but we're not there yet. It's okay. Yeah, it's so right. I'm, I'm good for now. You're good hopefully. for now. You're good for now. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, bro, wow. So much stuff. Um, what was I going to say? You, I wanted to switch to something else. Do you still act? Uh, <laughs> no. Why not? Um, you don't want to? You just haven't had time or you're not interested? or uh, What's going um, on? What is that? Okay, so so my whole life I wanted to be on Broadway. That was my goal. Okay. Um junior year of high school i got my first lead in a musical which was like everything i ever wanted good nice and it was the process was just amazing and i was so thankful and grateful and it was so much fun and um your teeth are really straight by the way ah no everyone's gonna be looking at my teeth Thank i'm you. sorry i'm I wear, sorry i wear my retainer every night still i got my braces off and like <laughs> i'm so sorry freshman year no I it's just, okay i just i appreciate it. that like oh my gosh um yeah, so I got my braces off like five years ago. Wait, wait, I hold still on. Still wear my retainer every night. <laughs> Anyways, to, yeah. so yeah, so um, it was just like all great and and wonderful, and it uh-huh. made me fall in love with performing. Um, I definitely wanted to be musicals. That was that was definitely the goal. I, I like acting, but I like I like the music and the fun and and oh, the yeah, dancing. I love dancing, dancing um, in the kitchen all the time. Yeah, no, literally, and um, you know, I. I didn't do anything differently, I don't think, that year mm-hmm. um, when it came time to audition or whatever, um, like physically. But I think I I think I was just like, you know what? I can do it. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I'm just going to I'm just going to try. I'm just going to go for it. Um, and I I guess I believed a little bit more that I could. And that made all the difference. And I ended up, you know, at you know one of the last bows and it was great and it was fun. Uh, and then senior year came and I think it was just like the stress of school and um, the pressure to like apply to colleges and stuff with it. And 
I don't know. I just, I found myself one day, it wasn't like I found myself falling out of love with it, but I found myself like just not loving it. Like I, I wasn't in the process of, of falling out of love. I just wasn't in love anymore, which was one of the saddest things I had to accept. And I think it was cause, um, it felt like, uh, I guess with college applications and, and like forcing myself to do all these pre-screens and stuff, it just, it started to feel like a job and it started to feel like a chore. Um, I guess also, like, I had done the show Grease before, so I wasn't, uh, you know, I was, like, familiar with it, I guess, maybe, too. It wasn't a lot of, like, new new stuff. I don't really know. But, um, yeah, I ended up, like, withdrawing all of my applications to all of my schools in New York City. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's huge. Wow. Yeah. So I remember sitting in my car in Island Heights uh, sobbing, and I remember FaceTiming all of my friends, and none of them were around at that time. They didn't have any context. They didn't know I was sitting in my car crying. I'm sure if they did, they would have dropped whatever they were doing. Um, but you know, some people were at work and some, some of my other friends were at rehearsal and some of my friends were just doing homework. My one friend was in the shower. And, and I remember I was just like, I feel like if I was meant to stay, I would have had one sign telling me to stay, you know what I mean? Telling me to keep going. And I didn't feel like I had any reason to keep pursuing theater so I sat in my car and on my phone I emailed all of the like admissions uh people and I was like yeah I just don't think that this is it for me right now like thanks for your time and consideration but you know it's it's just not gonna work out and for the most part all of the schools were really nice about it and they were all like if anything changes let us know whatever um and I didn't tell anybody for like weeks and I remember everyone was asking me and I was like oh yeah I just haven't heard back yet like I'm just not really sure what's going on yet um And then finally I was like, guys, I have to be honest with you. This is what happened. Like I have the stupidest like Snapchat memory of literally me saying like, I don't know if I'm going to college and I really don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to tell my mom. Like, go ahead. That's that's wild. Did you, do you regret that? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Did you feel like at the time though, it was like, it's really what was important to you? Do you feel like it was kind of like self-sabotage because you weren't in the moment? So I kind of feel like I knew that I, I didn't really, I, I wasn't really loving it the way that it deserved to be loved. You know what I mean? So I, and I felt like that wasn't fair to the art and that wasn't fair to me. Um, and I think that's why I vow now to like never write if I don't want to, because I felt like I was, I was performing when I really didn't. If that worked for you, absolutely. Yeah. And then I remember, so the night that, you know, the world got turned upside down, that was opening night of our musical. And I remember we were all like dressed kind of in our hair and makeup and, and we started getting ready. And then our director had to kind of like pull us out in, in the cafetorium. And she was like, guys, the governor just like issued that, like, you know, there can only be X amount of people here and we can't really open it to the public and it's not really going to happen. And it was just this whole long to do. We had to like clean up all the chairs and she was like, but we can have an audience of, you know, X amount of people. And I remember like, I was like, I'm not doing it. Like, I don't, I don't want to do it. Like we were all sobbing. We were all so upset and we were, it was literally going to be like one or two of our parents each. And I was like, no, like I'd rather just wait until another time. And like, we were all so heartbroken that we couldn't do it. That at that point I was like, just like, give me some time. Like now I'm so upset. Like, you know, even if we could have came in on like another day just to film where I was like mentally and but after we have this 45 minute conversation of it's not going to happen and all this stuff like 
whatever. So I picked up my stuff and I walked to the car and I was like, I'm not going on. I don't want to. It was very dramatic, but I was sobbing and, you know, my friends came running out and I locked my car doors and it was a whole big, you know, to do. And I ended up going on stage that night and performing. And to this day, that's my last performance. Um, so I didn't, I really didn't want to go on. And I, I went on because I remember a couple of the other like co-stars or leads or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, I remember them being like, Bella, like we can't do it without you. And we all really want to. So we, we can't have a show if we don't have, you know, Sandy, we can't have Greece without Sandy. And I remember I really didn't want to. And after like tears and yelling and me literally like starting to drive away in the parking lot and everyone was crying and, and whatever. Now I, I think I kind of associate like performing with like that feeling of like being forced to go on when I really didn't want to for me. You know what I mean? I went on for my friends and I went on for the sake of going on and for the sake of like the show must go on. But I didn't you go on. Where, do you know where that quote comes from? What? The show must go on. It's a really sad story. No. You know Abbott and, Const- and Costello? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Costello. It might have been Abbott. But let's just say it's Costello for the sake of the story. Costello had um, a toddler um, son um, and he was at this um, and Costello was at the studio and his wife was home with the toddler and um, he was getting ready for the show that was going to go on tonight and then he gets a call saying that his toddler drowned in the pool and he went home and and he watched you know the the um, the medics try to uh, Revive, revive his son and it wasn't going to happen so he drove back to the studio and he said this show must go on that's awful it's crazy right i should not have equated it to my high no, school theater that, but bro, i had no idea it's, it's a common saying yeah. it's just a story i love telling because it's yeah. um because yeah the sh- that's no matter what you equate it to the show must go on yeah so um but yeah, so I, I just, that's really sad. Um, I'm I just, sorry. I, no, threw, I, threw, okay. I threw a brick. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember, you know, and it was, it would have been really selfish of me to walk away and just be like, well, I don't want to, so I'm not going to, and that's not who I am. So I feel like I went, I went on because it was the right thing to do. And it was, you know, what my friends needed. It was what, you know, and now like that was the only chance we ever had to get any sort of documentation of it and recording of it. But yeah. I think in the moment I was just so upset and like I remember like walking off in between like each scene and like crying and just being really unhappy and now now I have that feeling of performing associated with that like I don't want to do it I don't want to be there so I pulled my applications in like February this event happened March you know middle of March when everything got closed down um March 13th I think um but yeah so you know, that was like a pretty big gap in between. And I feel like I hadn't gotten any sign that made me think like, okay, you have to go back to performing. Like you made the wrong decision. And then I had this sign that I felt like told me like, it's not like, it's not the right time. You know what I mean? Like I felt like that was, you know, so maybe in the future it'll be the right time. And I owe myself at least one more happy performance and one more happy, you know, skipping around on stage and smiling and laughing and singing and all those things. But um, for now, it, it doesn't feel like it's what's right for me. And it also led me to kind of where I am now. And in its absence, I, I wrote more and I noticed more things and I grew a, a lot more um, because that was the first, I think, like experience that I ever had really like that. So Yeah. Um, I was going to say that like 
I have a lot of things to say because I, I was just I'm listening a lot and you keep making me think of things, reminding me of things. And um, so when it comes to not wanting to do something because it doesn't make you happy and you don't want to do things that make you happy too much because then it's going to make you miserable. Yeah, I understand that. And I know a lot of people like that. And I've been saying that since I was in elementary school. And um, I always say I said my father and my mother, I'm like, I don't want to do what I like because I'm going to learn to hate it. Yeah, because um, no longer be fun. I'm going to be told to do it. And that's the difference between like obligation and, and passion. And it's yeah, like, totally. And it, it's unfortunate. And that's what, you know, working nine to five, you know, getting a job, surviving so you can do your passion. But then it's like, well, what's what's the worth in surviving if you can't do your pa- yeah. whatever? Um, my favorite author is, uh, is Stephen King. And um, he has this uh, way of writing where he says that if you can't, and, and, that, and I'm going to get into why I'm telling you this. If you can't write and read every day, you'll never be an author. That's what he says. Mm-hmm. And although he's my favorite, I disagree with him. Um, and there's other people that say, I can only write once a week. I only write once a week and I have seven books. There's, there's people that say, like, I'll sit down and write 5,000 words. Stephen King writes, I think, 2,000 a day. Um, some people write 5,000 a day. Some people write 300. Yeah. It's it's not easy. And what I want to get at is that, and for anybody, because I know there are a few writers that listen to this, and I know there's there's filmmakers that, um, that are listening to this, like my friends and family and just people out there. Everyone has their own way of doing their own journey. Yeah. Personally, I, I try to write every single day, but that's because of me. That's who I am. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Everyone has their own way of doing it. And if someone else ever tells you you're doing it wrong because you're not doing it their way. Yeah. They, they're so pompous. Yeah. And even if they have street cred, like Stephen King, one (laughs) arguably the best writer of our time, our current time, and the third most richest author in the world, or second right behind J.K. Rowling, I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) Even though he has street cred like that, it's like, you know, man, everyone's different, yeah. you know, and whatever is going to allow you to create the best product you can create, that's the way to do it. So I'm also going to go and say that if you don't push yourself, which I know you do, I know a lot of people do, I know I do. If you don't push yourself, if you some, if you say to yourself, it's okay to take a break, sometimes it's it's not. But I feel like you're you're knowledgeable enough and you know yourself well enough to be able to know when you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll say, it's okay to take a break, and it is. Sometimes you say, it's okay to take a break, and it it's isn't. Not, yeah. So, like we said before, there's a balance. So, if, if you're a creative, if you're an artist, you gotta not only enjoy what you do, but you gotta know how to coach yourself through it because no one else is gonna do it for you. And, and writing is, man, writing's hard. So, like, right now I'm in the process of uh, painting a mural on my wall. Yeah. And and I that's so. and that's why I got the plates there for circles. It's exactly. I wasn't eating food. I was, I was making... I didn't even see plates. Uh, there, uh, whatever. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not... I, when I paint, I'm just throwing caution to the wind. I'm doing whatever. When yeah. I'm writing, because that's my thing. Like, it's your thing. It's like, yeah. I got to try to get this so perfect, and I yeah. got to try so hard. No, absolutely. Um, But then it's like... Y- depending on who you are, you've got your own way of doing it. And just because someone else is a one way, it doesn't mean make it, make it the right way. So, but then like I said, however, you've got to make sure you're putting in the hours, you're putting in your dues. You know, the only way to have progress 
is to, you know, practice consistency. And a great show of this is, is working out. If I worked out for an entire year, every single, every single day, every single week, if I take a week off, nothing bad's going to happen because I kept a consistent workout schedule. And for 51 weeks, I worked out, I changed. But then if you start creating bad habits, you, your consistency is not doing it. You're going to fall off so quickly. Yeah. So there's definitely a balance, but I just don't like when people say you got to do it a certain way. It, are there good methods and good ways to do things? And should you listen to people's advice? Absolutely. But then you have to know what to do with that advice. Yeah. You have to know how to you know, take it in. Yeah. Um, so that's a big thing. Whether it's people are judging you and telling you what they think about you. Yeah. Even if it's like, if I don't like you, right? If And I, and I tell you how, what I think about you. Yeah. And I tell you what I think about you. I, I tell you uh, uh, how you look upsets me, how you talk upsets me, how you think upsets me. I could be wrong in everything I said. But the me- the mature and reasonable, reasonable and logical person inside of you is going to be like, okay, I don't care what this person says. However, I'm going to take what they said and see if there's any merit to what they said. Yeah. Because people that think they're hot shit, people that think they've, they've, they're good to go, they've got nothing bad about themselves, they're not good people. So it goes back into being a creative, being an artist. And this quote by Stephen King, write with the door closed which means don't tell anybody what you're writing about. Yeah. Don't tell anybody anything and rewrite with the door open. Once you're done, even if it's not perfect, share it and yeah. then rewrite. So you got to know what to do with the information people tell you about yourself. And you got to, you know, be honest with yourself. It's self-evaluation. And I, I just I just said a lot of things just now, but everything you said reminded me of yeah. all that. No, so absolutely. I, it's, I'm, I'm like, my head's exploding. Oh my, my God. My head's exploding. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, am I cutting you off? No. Or- yeah, Bro, please think, cut me off. I'm oh my just, god. Um, I feel about bro the way you feel about the word bud. Just so. Oh well. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Backstory, <laughs> real quick. When I when I met Bella, I would call her Isabella because oh. my younger sister, oh my her name is Isabella. And when I when I met Bella, um, it was at my mother's house, and we were just we just just like CJ. If you guys watch CJ's episode, we just randomly were in the same room. We just talked and we had a great conversation. Yeah. I loved every second of it, and ever since then, I was like. Bella's the girl. Bella's the oh man. Whatever. And but I would I she would call me Bud. And I think Bud is the most condescending no. word ever. If if some guy comes out to me, even genuinely the only pro- person I don't have a problem with saying it is my father. Oh my but if God. some man comes out to me and calls me Buddy or Bud, I'm like, you that that's, that's toxic not happening. Masculinity. Hold on. It's toxic masculinity. No, 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 no. no. It's toxic. It's not toxic, toxic masculinity because people say it. No. Belly, you got to let me talk. got to let me talk. People say it to be offensive. And that's why but I don't like I'm it. I'm not saying it to be offensive. I know. When but like, I, but hold on. I'm no, gonna, no, no. What you said, I'm going to put back <laughs> at you. What you said, I'm going to put. You know how, you, how you've associated uh, performance with negativity? Yeah. You've I've associated. associated Bud with negativity. Okay. Fuck you. No, <laughs> but, but when I'm texting you, I'm like, oh my God. Hey, Bud. How are you? Like, I'm not like, oh my God. Like. It's I know. Not in a condescending tone. I know, but the what I the say word doll, but like that's like a little. I, I've excessive never heard either. anyone say doll before. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I always what, be like, "Hey, doll, how are you?" Like, which is what people say. Like it because because I understand it's a joke at this point. It doesn't matter. I I don't fucking give a shit. However, I'm like starts crying about it. Bud is, and you could ask other guys too. Like other guys agree with me, um, because when, and I'm explaining the reason why. When, when a, like, if a girl that, like, I'm into calls me bud, then obviously, okay, that's kind of, yeah. then, then, then 
it's whatever. But when your if, friend says on, it, it's not like I'm that. also, and people might think, Mark, you just you're just small minded, but I'm five five. I'm five feet five inches. You're five five. I'm fucking short. I'm five five. Your shoes made you five eight when you walked <laughs> in. I'm five five. Okay, when some guy that's five ten, even if he's the nicest guy in the world, called me Bud, I feel like he's talking to me as an inferior because Bud relatively means. Like your little buddy. That's why I'm okay with my dad calling me bud. And that's but you why you are my little buddy. And that's why <laughs> I don't enjoy the word because it has a definition. It has a meaning socially and culturally. I think it's just the meaning of what you make of it. Yeah, and I've told you what it means to me. Yes, yet, and yet, yet you yes. still use it. Well, now, no, no, no. Now you said it. Now, <laughs> now, so, now you told me the meaning. I told you this. No, you have never told I've, me this. I promise, man. No. I've told you this. Man, bro. I don't like man either. Uh, I don't know. Man, don't ever talk to me about toxic masculinity <laughs> because I I am gonna fucking that that's a jab at me too. I just got a headache. Whoa, I just got like lightheaded. Oh God, I'm okay. Drink some water. Maybe. I don't think that's what's gonna do it. Someone's cooking and it smells really good. Um, re- what else? Hold on, I was gonna say something about the bu- oh. So anyway, she calls me Bud. Oh God, I will never call him Bud again. And and I would call her Isabella. Cause that's her fucking name. Oh my God. And she was like, "Don't call me Isabella. I hate Isabella." But then because she kept calling me Bud, I kept calling her Isabella just to be like like an fu. And it's just a joke now. I call her Bella because you know I'm I'm a nice person. But whatever, it's okay. We'll move. On. All right, bud. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Just no, kidding. I just, I just don't like what. No, uh, I, I understand. Do you? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yes. I don't know. I was just, I was gonna, I was like, uh, I was walking down the street one time. I was in high school freshman. This kid that was literally in the same class as me. I was walking down the street, and uh, he gives me, a f- he says, "Hey, buddy," and gives me a high five, and I give him a high five. He thought I was in elementary school. He's like, I always like giving high fives to people. To, to little kids. I'm like, bro, we're in the same class. No. That's so sad. So, so, but it's okay. I don't blame him. Yeah. I look like I'm a seven-year-old, at least at the time. Okay. And that's why the word buddy means someone who's lower than you, lesser than you. Okay. And that's why I don't like it. Yes, I understand now. I will never say it again. It's okay. At this point, it's a, it's a joke, so I don't really care. If oh, my God. But if anyone else calls me buddy, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. Um... What what yo? Where do we leave off? I'm, um, there was uh, I wanted to finish something. We were talking about like doing things when when you don't really want to and um, taking a break. I don't know. Listen, it's just I tonight. Everything you said, I I've 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 loved everything you said. I think we had a really constructive conversation. Yeah, I think and so too. I'm really happy. You know, you came and did this. Um, Thank you for having I, of me. Of course, and I and I want to talk to you about your book. I want to talk to you about um you acting and um i don't know i just cause i know i remember the first time we had a conversation it was so it went so well and um then for some reason like as the first time we had our conversation that's the first time i met you and then like weeks after that i kept seeing you bella just kept inviting you over yeah it was like that's oh, okay I think we were this like, is a normal person now yeah we'll just keep talking we were like I think, was that when you first moved into that house? I'm not sure. That I think it was. Could um, be. It was during, it was towards the summer. Because I remember you and Bella sat in the driveway tried and tried to get a tan. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was so and funny. And you were like, Mark, come play your ukulele for us. I'm like, no. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I think we were like saying, like, what if we were on an island in Hawaii? Yeah, like, you guys had beach chairs <laughs> no, sitting on the, on, the, on the asphalt. And oh, like, my, oh my God. God. That was so funny. Yeah, I remember that. Um that was God. I think that was, that was a long in time like ago. Eighth grade, yeah. Yeah, then that would make me 
so, uh, junior or sophomore? You graduated high school when me and Bella were in eighth grade. You were a did I? Yeah. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Did I? Yeah, because I remember the day she came to school and she was like, I'm leaving for Marquis' graduation. Oh, shit. Bro, I'm from losing it. Yeah, because you're four years older than us, so that makes sense. Oh, yeah, I guess so. I'm so bad with that stuff. I'm, like, so lost. Yeah, it happens. Even my girlfriend's 26. Or 20, 27 now? Yeah, oh so gosh, you are gonna, bad with it. She's going to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> she won't kill me. She, it was her birthday, December 3rd. So I don't remember. All right, well, that's, like, a little bit, at least, like, the yeah. age just recently changed. Yeah, just recently so. changed. Is I, I remember I was 21. Bro, I don't know. But I, oh br- I brought her over to my dad's house. And my dad was like uh, talking to her, and she was like, "I'm 25." My dad was like, "Oh my gosh! Oh my, oh my god!" <laughs> like he was getting so old. That's um, so funny. Anyway, this was great. Did you? Yeah. Did you? I know you asked like, should you bring anything? Did you end up bringing anything? I was thinking about it, and I, I didn't end end up doing that. My day didn't really go as planned. Not that that's a bad thing, but I was living my life on a whim, and I got a little carried away in my. Uh, excursions of the day and I like was running inside and running outside and then I thought about it like on my drive like halfway here I was like I didn't really bring anything I was gonna bring I have my first diary of like when I was oh, in seventh cool. grade but it's all like I mean what what you make of it you know okay. what I mean it's just like me like I have a crush on this well person remember when I was like me. if I don't I like a year ago I was like Yo, I got to read some. I don't have to. You, oh have, you, you have to send me anything. But yeah. I remember I asked you and you were like, hell yeah, I'll show you. And then a year later, I'm like, hey, yeah. do you want to come on my podcast? <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. Listen, no pressure really though. I don't like it's You're all good. I'll definitely share something with you. I always, I, I guess I just kind of always like forget. I don't it's know. Okay. Like people will, no problem. like, I feel like people will be like, oh my God, like sometime you have to sh- like send me something and I'll be like, yeah. And then I just never sometime never comes i guess tomorrow never came i don't know tomorrow never came that sounds like a song it is it is a song yes yeah, lana del rey i love lana del rey <laughs> I'm, I'm an idiot and it's like <laughs> uh yeah it's a good song it's a really good song all right well hey this was great thank this you was so really much. great thank you for having yeah, me yeah of course anytime how do i how do you what how do i stop do i just take this off oh that's my job all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody oh my god